0: All right, welcome into another edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview Fezic Focus, one of my favorite pods of the week. I am AJ Hoffman, joined as always by the great Steve Fezic, the only two time, two time Super Contest champion. Steve, how are you, man?
1: I'm good, AJ. And we turn the page here, going from sports of sport.
0: It is kind of weird. And uh, by, by the way, this will be your last Fez Focus pod for a little while. Uh, next week, Fez and I will both be taking a little spring break vacation, little getaway.
1: Our kids are on spring break. We're going to join
0: them. Yeah. So, uh, so enjoy this one while you can. Let's start the right way,
1: Fez. Let's start with a Fez tale. All right. Let's go back in time. Let's go to old Las Vegas. Let's go to the 1980s and 90s. The Westward Ho. Motel, hotel, and casino. It was located just to the north of the Stardust. There's a McDonald's there now, and it was one of my favorites to stay in. And I would, they they had no tower, so you would stay in. They had these little two story buildings in the back, barracks, if you will, where um, you would check in, and then you'd walk to your room, and they would, and they went a long way back because you know there obviously needs for there to be any. Volume of rooms, and it's only two stories. it's got to be um pretty um substantial compound of um very bare bones kind of motel six type of um hotel rooms, but it was one of my favorite places to stay at. part of the reason was the promotions they had a, like they had a Hawaiian Luau where the westward Ho would have a nice luau that they'd comp their players to, and they had fun books, and the fun books were really fun, including my favorite coupon of, I think, all time, $200. That was the max bet. So you could use it up to the max bet on the blackjack tables. You don't lose if you get a 22. I would save and wait until I doubled on 11, wait for the positive counts, bet the 200, double down if, if I caught an ace on an 11 double down, so I doubled 6-5 and got an ace, and the dealer made their hand. But Then I'd use the coupon. So instead of losing 400, I'd break even. Smart you move. You don't lose mm-hmm. on, on the 22. So the Hawaiian luau, um, all kinds of great specials. Old Las Vegas, 99-cent hot dog, $1.25 sh- strawberry shortcake that had about 8,000 calories in it, um, just across the board. Um, but the number one thing about the Westward Ho that I love staying in, this was before the Internet. This was... Before there um, was, um, you know, the cell phones and being able to check scores and the like, I love the convenience. I love that I could go pull up in my rental car and park, sometimes drive to my room. It was long enough. Um, But um, the in and out was so quick to check into the room, be in the room, and then ultimately if I needed to scoot to another property, which I always did because you had to drive to your properties to make bets and the like – And the amount of time that you would waste spending staying at a casino with a tower by the time you, like, walk through the casino to the elevator, up to the elevator, to your room, out of your room, that was, you know, time that you weren't making any money. And imagine you need to get a score in a game while the Westwood Ho was right next to the Stardust. So you could just you know walk on over to the Stardust and look up on the board and see what the final scores were.
0: And for people who aren't in Vegas or haven't been to Vegas or haven't been in a while or are new here maybe, the Stardust is where – Stardust was where Resorts World is now, right?
1: Yes. And so they imploded the Stardust and they were going to build – Boyd Properties was going to build an enormous – Um, echelon place and mega resort, and the great recession in 2007, put the kibosh on that. It got to like three stories high and then they, they made a good move. They stopped building and, and then sat, did nothing forever. And then finally resorts world took over and they built their resort. And some people love the resorts world. I, I hate the resorts world. I, it's one of my least favorite places anywhere for various reasons um, if you look at the outside of the Aging Mirage, for instance, it's just gorgeous. You know, mm-hmm. with so much flora, fauna, the volcano. Sure, Resorts World is nothing, nothing at all. Something you, you and a few buddies could put it together in a weekend. You know, oh, except for
0: the giant TV, right? They've got,
1: yes, they and and they've got a giant globe inside. Okay. But that's inside. But but outside, and I don't count a TV as like flora and fauna. Okay I guess. <laughs> so I mean it just it, it just looks like desert. It looks like the most threadbare budget, even though it's like a three, four billion dollar resort, yeah. whatever it costs to build. I guess they spent it all on Katy Perry fees and um Carrie Underwood fees or whoever's, you know, they're overcharging to watch that night. The food is like massively overpriced. The sports book and in, in, in contrast to the Stardust, which was the best sports book in the world when they built it, now they have the worst sports book in the world. it, it It's located in dogs, the dog pound barbecue. in the back of the barbecue, there's a small little sports book where they will tell you why you can't bet more than a couple hundred dollars on games. It's just horrendous.
0: why I don't why do you build a place like that and then not like want to please your customers?
1: And you would think there there would be a lot of long term customers that like 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 nostalgic customers like oh let me go back where the Stardust used to be. Do
0: you think it's because it's on like it's so far at the end of the strip like or where the strip has like the strip has kind of migrated the other way, and it's a little bit it's almost it's not off strip but it's certainly. You've got to go past some stuff once you get to the win, which feels like the end of the strip. You've got to go down a little bit further if you want to get to Resorts World. Like, do you think it's because maybe the, the people staying at that place aren't people who are there for strictly gambling? Like, they're, they're there to see shows. Nailed, I think
1: you nailed it, that their clientele is that they're trying to actively – they're trying to promote and attract and retain – the enter- people there for entertainment.
0: For shows and for food and, yeah.
1: Yes. And because they don't care, they really – they would love to have gamblers, but the gamblers aren't gambling. The so they'll kids, have a
0: casino, but it's not their priority.
1: Yes. It's more an amenity for people to have because they know that the kids will just, like, go ahead and buy $500 bottles of, of um, grape soda. And, you know, they're worth $5, and they'll pay it. And so – why bother with other things when that's such a profitable part of their business? Just get that day club up and running or whatever yeah. else.
0: Yeah. As someone who never got to, I never saw the Stardust. Like it, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out here for that. Certainly it was too late, mid 2000s. It got uh, demolished. But just the idea of it being there is cool to me. But I mean, uh, that's all the old Vegas stuff is kind of fascinating to me. Like that and in, in like off on Fremont, that stuff is. Maybe to me now that I'm I'm living here, that stuff is more appealing to me. Obviously, I still you know I still appreciate the the Bellagio and uh, the MGM. I think those are great places, but I just think there's something kind of cool about going into the old stuff that's bit like that predates me.
1: What was really nice about the old stuff is it just wasn't all that crowded. It had an intimate feel. The Desert Inn was probably the best property of them all, uh, where the Venetian stands now. Uh, the Sands was, you know, was really cool also. I guess it was the Sands is where the the um, Venetian is. Um, but the – I had the feel like we want to go in Bellagio. It always feels crowded. It's too crowded. They built those two new towers to me. And, you know, there's so many people bo- um, boxing each other out trying to see the conservatory. It doesn't have that, that feel where the, literally the desert in there would be days you could shoot a cannon and not hit anyone in that place. It just had this great, you know, wide open – Relaxed feel, and they clearly were making enough money that you know that they were making, and it, it's fine. Now, downtown Las Vegas has a nice feel to it. They still have some deals downtown, but the problem with downtown Las Vegas is it has a rundown feeling, also, and you know certainly that's not attractive compared to if you like the desert in or the sands, and you know walking at the at the hotel in the and like the sands used to have like you know three swimming pools that were all separate from each other. They didn't have this blaring rock music that was constantly being piped in. So you could gamble out the night and just kind of pass out peacefully by the pool and their putting greens. It was very relaxing in Vegas versus just a nonstop party.
0: One of the things that I, I looked up when the Stardust opened in 1958, the largest hotel in the world. mm 1065 rooms.
1: 1065. That's crazy. And then of course
0: when they when they were demolished they had like 1500 and it was one of the smallest hotels mm-hmm. on the strip at that point. So it's just it's funny how like that that's a good a good gauge of how Vegas grew from, you know, 1958 to the mid 2000s when it when it was closed. But that like that's it, that 1065 was the largest in the world and then you know, 50 years later, it's pretty much the smallest hotel on the strip. So it's <laughs> yes. just funny. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the Masters. Uh, I, I wanted to start there because we've got sort of a short tail on it. Uh, and, you know, some of that's probably my fault. I should have said, hey, Fez, you want to do this on Tuesday? Uh, but that, that's, I'll, I'll take the blame on that one. Um, obviously, there is a frenzy ab- around this Masters for one reason, and it's because Tiger Woods is playing. Uh, or it, I guess he could still potentially pull out, right? He's still not like totally committed, but he says he thinks he's going to play. I, I, I think
1: at 90% he's going to play.
0: I think that's probably a right number. Um, and RJ and I got into this a little bit yesterday, and he thinks the way to get at Tiger is, yes, he makes the cut. No, he doesn't finish top 20. And that way, because he he believes, and I, you know, when he laid it out for me, it kind of sounds right. Every day he's on the golf course. Physically, he's diminished a little bit, and I saw him walking. Was it yesterday? And I was like, Ooh, he's gonna he's gonna walk like that for four days. All right. Um, but do you, do you generally agree with? If you like Tiger, you like Tiger. Thursday and Friday and you're looking to get away from him Saturday, Sunday.
1: Yes, and I don't want any part of Tiger. I think okay. that it's just a massive the, – the I mean, there's guys out there that bet for a living. They're like, oh, I had to bet Tiger to win the tournament. And I was like – I said, that just shows how easy it is to win betting sports overall, that their guys – they're winning so much money with their other stuff that they can just piss away bets like Tiger because the true odds of Tiger winning – what what percent if they played the, if they played a tournament one thousand times how many times would Tiger win this tournament? Five. I'm not sure he'd win any. Oh, okay. I'm really I a think thousand your numbers, times. Your, your numbers good. Your numbers your numbers better than mine because they, they you know there's but I mean because you look at his ceiling and what he's sure. been able to do. But where I'm getting at is that it would be would it be the greatest. Sports upset story of all time. If Tiger Woods won this,
0: I I think it would be like Miracle on Ice level. Like I, I mean, it which sounds crazy because of the like the political stuff that was involved in that. But the idea that he could do this is I think it's on that level.
1: And you know, it's interesting because the Miracle on Ice was not that mathematically um, an upset. I think I think I heard that they were like four to one when they played the Russians. Okay. So yeah, something along those. Maybe it would be. It'd be like the the Miracle on Ice team winning in like in in Moscow, right? If, the, if the <laughs> okay, that made, yeah, then. that
0: makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like what's what, what would be a, a wilder story. You know, um, you know, it, it's almost like this is this will probably uh, be silly, but it's almost like Hoosiers. It's mm, like uh, no,
1: I. But although Hoosiers is like we need to come up with we need to come up with, you know, a case of a of, of someone who is at the highest level. You know, maybe it'd be like Serena Williams winning Wimbledon ten years from now.
0: I of. mean, it'd be it'd be mind blowing.
1: Yeah, it it has to be like a great champion that's been bad for years and years and years. It'd be like LeBron winning a ring at forty four. You know, um, or LeBron winning an MVP at forty four, mm-hmm. maybe even even more apt. So, so I, I mean, I just look at this, and I know Tiger had that great run of Masters where he, uh, I'm sorry in the majors that he was doing so well. But with the car accident, with and, and even all the distractions, all the cameras on top of him, everything else, that's going to make this so much difficult for him. It's great for golf and everything else, but I got to tell you, I'm, I'm I'm tempted to just take my entire account and just say I'm not and, and not f around. Just bet him to not win the tournament. Lay a hundred to win a dollar. Bet thirty. <laughs> I'm thinking about just bet thirty thousand to make my three hundred dollars and just laughing at every fool that's that's donating the other way because he's not going to win. Yeah. But he could he could make the cut certainly. You know, he's like 50-50 to do so, close to it. He could somehow find his way into the top 20. So I'll probably bet him not no top 20, no top 10, not to win, and I just won't come in anymore. If um if he wins, <laughs> if he the, wins tournament.
0: the tournament, I mean, yes. it would just be mirac- and we were kind of talking yesterday on SOV uh, like what can we relate it to as far as someone Having a career-threatening injury, and then coming back and performing, and like I, I thought about uh, Mario Lemieux, who had cancer, like in the prime of his career, mm. and it was like, oh, th- that's the end of him, and then he came back and and actually had a good second half of his career. I was trying to find a football when it's like almost if Alex Smith, what happened to Alex Smith, happened to Tom Brady, mm. it would be this story. Yes, like, and that's how the the interest in this story would be would be hyped because imagine if Tom Brady had the same injury that Alex Smith did, how everyone would have been glued to the TV for that first game back to see what he could do, mm-hmm. and it, we saw it in a little little bit with like Peyton Manning's neck thing, although it, that seemed more like an accumulation of injury than like one horrific accident happening. But he
1: could recover, and if he recovered, he would still be you know. With Peyton Manning,
0: yeah. And so let me ask you: Do you remember? In I looked it up last night in 1985 when Joe Montana had a back injury, and they said Joe Montana's career was probably over. And he had back surgery, and then he came back and won two two more Super Bowls after that. But like, I guess maybe it's kind of like that. Like Joe Montana, they were saying he's done, he's washed, it's over for him, and he's like, no, I'm I'm back for this.
1: I guess the, the key here is that even if Tiger Woods had been like working out and playing golf nonstop. He still wasn't going to be able to win this tournament without any car accident at oh, age really? forty-six. Okay. You know, it, 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 but you like, wouldn't be willing
0: to bet against it. Like you wouldn't b- put your entire bankroll against Tiger winning the tournament. Like get a
1: lot bigger payout. You know? you, you would, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be possible. It right. would be within the realm of possibilities. You know, and frankly, Nicholas only won at age forty-six. He didn't win past it. And Nicholas... only
0: two guys have won a major older than Tiger is today. Hmm. Uh, it, one of them is a guy named Julius Boros, who I'd never heard of, but he won in like he was 58 years old. He won okay. the uh, the PGA, and then Phil Mickelson won at age 50.
1: And Watson almost won when he was really yep,
0: old, but did not win. So, but yeah, two guys older than Tiger have ever won a major, and and neither of those two guys were coming off a horrific
1: car crash. And Tiger's not the type of guy with everything that he's gone through that would that has aged well, you know, with his body and you know with the various injuries. Right, but you could also argue that
0: Tiger. A lot of trips
2: to Germany. A lot of (laughs) of trips to Germany.
0: (laughs) That's true. You could also that Tiger's starting point pre-injury. Tiger's more of an athlete than any of those older golfers ever were. That's a good point. So a, a, a guy who's at that level of athleticism has a chance to perform later in his career than a guy like Phil Mickelson, who was never a an athlete, per se. Uh,
1: but the difference may well be most people don't feel Tiger got to that level by having avocado shakes every morning. That's, that there was some other stuff that may have compromised him as he got older.
0: That's po- that's entirely possible. <laughs> uh are, do you have any other takes on the Masters? Is there anyone that you do like, or is it all just, I'm, I'm fading Tiger? I,
1: I, I love the sports books. You know, I, I got to tell you, I've been listening to podcasts and all the experts out there, and it's just, it, 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 it's enough that I, I, I throw my hands up in the air and I just go, this is such bullshit. It's like every, every single effing fake expert, pretend sports, bet, bet, uh, I bet sports for a living guy, has the same take. I bet this guy at thirty three to one, but now he's fourteen to one. Yeah. I still lean that way, bullshit no, you don't lean that way because because if you leaned that way, you wouldn't have bet eighty dollars at thirty three to one you would have bet a thousand dollars at thirty three to one so I mean I get it that you know with the with the the master's odds and I, and I do think to be fair that the to pull back the curtain the way to win. Is to everyone else is watching the Super Bowl and some dude is about to win the Waste Management Open, and can you look that up, Mackenzie, who won the Waste Management Open this year? Won it, and I, I know that that guy went from like thirty. He, he, you could bet him to win the Masters at thirty to one, and then like the next day he he drops down to twenty to one, because he's obviously in good form and he's playing better than everybody else in the world on that particular weekend. And that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, in terms of getting value, but that doesn't work against market numbers. That's that, that's kind of our one oh one. That's how we beat you know, books that have their pants down and they're asleep at the wheel and they're not paying attention. And there's something absolutely to be said for that, but that time has come and passed. Now the books, you know, most of the numbers are close to being in line on these players. Yeah. And the 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 folks coming on saying, Here are my eight guys to win. The Masters, it's like, and then I listen to another guy, and he's got his seven guys. Guess what? There's seven different guys. Right. If I if I bet everyone's recommendation, I'm guaranteed to lose. I cannot win. Yeah. I'm locking
2: in a loss. Even if you bet waste open management winner Scotty Scheffler?
0: Scotty Scheffler is, That's Scotty the, Scheffler is the number one player in the world, though. I mean, And it, he was the, getting uh, 30 to one. He,
1: he's, he's the number one player now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he is the, the I mean, it's... You could almost say, well, he's the number one player in the world, and he's like, what, fifth or sixth in the odds? Mm-hmm. Maybe there is value on that, like, but not as much as there they, would have been.
1: They say that they're more than any other tournament, that the the Masters is um, a tournament that past performance is predictive of future results, so that if you're the best golfer in the world, that's good. You're playing better than everyone else, but it's also really good to be have been the best golfer around Augusta, because right, because that tends to carry forward. Knowing the greens, knowing the layouts, knowing you know the track.
0: And meanwhile, the guys who have had the guys in the tournament who have had the most success at Augusta, like Tiger, we're looking to fade. Bubba Watson, who's got two green jackets, is like a, a mega mega long shot because he's just a disaster now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it is. It, I mean, makes it makes it a tough event to. To handicap,
1: really, Uh, I think like the volatility of Tiger can make this profit profitable. In that, wait and watch him, and then during live wagering, you know, hope ideally they would have odds on will Tiger, you know, make the top twenty, make make the cut. So if
0: if Tiger makes the cut, and let's say he's six strokes off the lead on when he starts on Saturday morning, there will be people who are excited that think he's going to come back and and you know really make a push. And there'll
1: be a number on what it'll shoot each and every day. I know it's 74 and a half day 1. And I think just if you one thing I noticed about golf is that people do overvalue a great deal what the score is versus how a player is playing. There's a whole lot of luck in golf. There's a whole lot of um on 12, it either goes in the creek or it's on the green. Right, You know, that's a two stroke swing right there on a on a on a shot that is not perfect that um you know, one foot one way, one foot another way. Same with you know the par fives, and do you clear the water? And you either putting for eagle or you're scrambling to par. So you know that's a, a huge deal in terms of those swings.
0: Well, you you mentioned here the the volatility and the uncertainty uh, in the market, and uh, we'll take it from Tiger and give that example, and we'll go into Major League Baseball off of that. But you talk about when there's there's It's a positive for the sports Better if there's uncertainty or volatility.
1: Absolutely. So, ideally, you want to bet on a sport that no one has any idea what the heck is going to happen. So, the XFL is a great example. How many points on average are going to get scored in XFL? USFL now. USFL, I'm sorry. I I have zero guess. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard. If you told me 45, if you told me 37,
0: I don't know. I'd lean more to forty five than thirty seven, but I don't know.
2: I don't know though. Below I, sixty, above thirty.
0: I think that's a good range, Mackenzie. I think. You're I mean,
1: right. it, I got to go through the rules. <laughs> um, I got to. I got There's a lot of research to be done, and I can tell you this: there's a lot of sports books that get them completely wrong in all these leagues where literally their opening numbers are off by ten on week one. You know, so even with that information and 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 somewhat smart people doing the best they can they get the numbers completely wrong and the reason well volatility there's, yeah. there's just no data to to evaluate in in terms of what's going on
0: well and mckinsey we were talking about the uh, the the uncertainty there were books yesterday that had what was it mckinsey like a tiger not making missing the top 20 at minus 180 and then there was another book that had it at like almost minus
2: 400 yes yeah, so the ones that were offering one-sided bets which is yes top 20 were Amazingly low payouts, plus 150 at DraftKings. (laughs) So RJ's like, well, what's the no on that? There's got to be a no out there. Plus 150 is a yes, minus 200 on the no would be a steal. No, if you look at a sharp two way market, plus 320 on the yes, minus 390 on the no, Tiger top 20.
1: So they're just short paying everybody by 50%, and the bettors are too stupid or to to, (laughs)
2: even notice. Those are the people who just want to say, I bet on
0: Tiger. Like, if they want to have like a. and, and I mean, I guess doing it on DraftKings isn't going to do you any good because you're not going to have, like, a paper ticket to Why? post on it.
1: Uh... Why would you feel like you have to bet on Tiger? What has made <laughs> Tiger Woods this sympathetic figure that everybody loves? I mean, I'm happy the, the guy didn't die, <laughs> and he's been great for golf. I'll be the first one to say he's ultra exciting. Sure. You know what? So is – um what's a, what's a great heel in, um, in the WWF? What's a wrestler that people – Like a current one? I, no, because I won't know who he is. An all-time one? Uh, yeah. So, so, King um, Kong Bundy. Yeah, King Kong Bundy. You don't have <laughs> to put a ticket on King Kong Bundy to win the Survivor Series. I'm happy he shows up. He's very entertaining and the like. Um, but what what makes him likable? What's likable about Tiger Woods? I mean, I, I like the fact he's not fake and he shows his emotions. Is he a likable person? God, no. He's right. but by all... Accounts, I don't see how you could evaluate Tiger as, I mean, do I respect him as working on his craft 24-7? Yeah. Hell yeah. You know? But I think
0: that is kind of the thing, like people, whether you whether you like the guy or not, people like the opportunity to see greatness. And I mean, think about in... And passion. Sure. McKenzie, in your lifetime, how many, how many people have you seen play like that you think are the greatest who have ever done what they do.
2: Probably two, probably Tiger Woods and Tom Brady if I'm just talking about major sports. Okay. So
0: you I mean you never saw Michael Jordan?
2: Oh yeah, but I mean, I think about watching him in hindsight more than watching or, him. In, I was only 8 when he retired for the first second. Or time. like
0: Serena Williams an, another good example. I like I I think that and and I don't know. I I mean, the, I think a lot of the the who's the greatest ever a lot of it is generational. Like if you see this guy and I didn't see this guy, it's real easy for you to make an argument. This guy, the the Jim Brown argument, the Jim Brown's better than Barry Sanders argument is, I, I can't, I can't debate it. I don't know how good Jim Brown was compared to everybody else. But back when then. you've
1: got a guy that's just so much better than ev- what everyone else was around him, a Sandy Koufax or a Ty- I mean, Tiger Woods was so much better than Jack yes. Nicklaus in any one year. Jack yeah. Nicholas never came close to where Tiger. Well, and even skate. RJ,
0: who's uh, you know he's a Jack Nicholas guy, he's an Ohio State guy. Yeah. Even he yesterday was like, you know, Jack has the record, but Tiger's the greatest golfer of all time. So I think
1: everybody wants to. Like, Tiger every, reached the highest right. Elo rating, if you will.
0: Everybody you know? wants to grab onto that and have like a a piece of like I I was there when Tiger did this. I remember mm-hmm. when Tiger did this. You know, I I think that's just sort of a. It's a, a sidebar of sports, and and sometimes people who bet on sports can get sucked into that.
1: And what Tiger has that Michael Jordan had is that for whatever reason, in the in the greatest moments, he came up, you know, and and played his very best. Right when he needed the even the the putt, you know, not necessarily the drive, you the know, one right? that hung
0: on the lip and then fell, like the, I, the, yeah, yeah, against Dustin moments. May,
1: you know, and in the, in the first exactly first hole of the playoff, and just and 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 what's interesting, the level of his greatness is, you know, there's actually two of them. that um, I'm thinking about the one that just hung forever and then dropped. Yeah. But the one I'm thinking about is the one that was it, – it 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 didn't hang on the lip. It fell into the lip, and that, that that was the Dustin May playoff where he literally beat the ball to the hole walking and pointing at it. Like Oh, he yeah, knew, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He knew this thing was going in,
0: yeah. you know? I don't know. So I think people just want to be a part of that. Like, and I, I think, like –
1: God bless them. Bet more on Tiger Woods. Everybody bet, bet every bet at all on Tiger Woods, so that way I can get a better price going against.
0: Even this guy. though you know it's a long shot, there is like a nostalgia, and I'll, I'll tell you this: like if Mike Tyson came out of retirement today and said, "I'm fighting Tyson Fury," I can tell you right now that Tyson Fury will murder. Today's Mike Tyson Fury minus eight
1: hundred. There will be but people there will, will be take people six to one. that
0: will bet on Mike Tyson because they they remember what Mike Tyson was and they they think oh what if he lands a big one? I saw Rocky
1: Balboa. I saw him go toe to toe with Mayweather. He was but you, know, but you agree you agree that people would, of course. people would bet on Mike Tyson. People even are still doing it with the Irish guy that can't fight a lick. Conor McGregor every time, every time they, you're right. He could be involved in a jeopardy match and they would bet on
0: him. Yeah. So at some point. The, the people, I think, you people almost know they're going to lose the bet, but they don't care because it makes them feel good to have something mm. riding on the
1: guy that was their guy. Okay, this whole make you feel makes 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 you feel. winning makes you feel the
2: best, Mackenzie. You bet it. a couple of hockey bets yesterday. How do you feel about those? I felt great. I've never felt better about the <laughs> NHL than last night.
0: Yeah, Mackenzie and and Steve were uh, divvying up uh, hundred dollar bills today, so th- things must have gone well. We bet
1: the hockey. Grand salami over. I'm not going to go into great detail why. It was a three-star bet. It was rare for me. I'll I'll say why. Because I'm I'm looking at the hockey board, and I've never seen so many movements towards the over, significant movements, including games total at seven and money's pouring in on the over. And I'm like, wow, there's a real potential for some high-scoring games. And literally, you know, when you bet the grand salami, and you bet over—it's it. the greatest bet ever when you're winning, because it is like looking at a Christmas tree turning on. When well, you look at a scoreboard and all the bulbs are lighting up, and you're seeing ooh one one two one three two. Five four. But yeah,
0: let's go. Let's it was go.
1: Every score. Let's go for
0: some overtime in Edmonton. Come on. <laughs> There's
1: another. Yeah, yeah. It's three two. Turns to three three. Ooh, that's going to be two more goals. Am I right, Mackenzie? That like every you've probably checked. I'm guessing sixteen times over the course exactly. of the
2: exactly. And you texted like uh, money sign when we had like fifty seven goals and there was like three games to play. We had to get sixty three. I was like, nope, I'm not counting it. I literally watched every of the last eight goals. There were still two games that hadn't even been played, but I watched it and counted it and tracked it. And it was fun.
0: I've never bet that. I now you guys are making. Gave me want to bet the grand salami in hockey. That's uh,
1: by contrast, the under is the worst thing you can ever <laughs> to do to yourself in hockey. <laughs> Or in baseball, which is even worse. Yeah, here's the a thousand paper cuts. Oh my god! And here's the thing about baseball: one nothing games can turn into, you know, six five finals in extra innings as well. In
0: Mackenzie, you probably can't don't have an easy way to track this, but is there a way to see like how like the the daily over under grand salami? Like if you played it every day of the hockey season, what the the over unders would would have finished at?
2: I think because it's off the board in a lot of places and it's kind of under the radar is the reason that it comes out and doesn't. Move in line with the market on all these totals, and why this why it's profitable? It's because it's kind of under the radar. I so think, I don't. To answer your question, no, I, I don't know. I okay think you right would how to go
1: fifty fifty, but all things being equal, the later in the year that it occurs, the more it does seem to me. Anyone that that follows hockey at all, uh, there's been a whole lot of scoring. Yeah. Apparently, the goalies are no longer allowed to use you know pads anymore because there's there's more. 14 goal hockey games than I have ever seen in my entire life. Well, let's get
0: into what, what we were talking. We, this whole conversation started on uh, volatility and uncertainty, but let's talk about Major League Baseball uh, where tomorrow's opening day. When, if you want in on these wins, uh, win totals for the season, you got to get in on them now. Uh, and there are really... Wide gaps between books on which is is rare. It just never happens in the NFL. You never, never you never see something like a, a three point difference in a spread or something. But the the Mets season wins eighty seven and a half to ninety and a half. There's the,
1: a huge difference in in the Mets in terms of how good that they're going to be. Um, basically, the 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 theme has been bet against the Mets, and that makes sense because Degrom is is so important, and he's going to miss uh, to start the year. Scherzer's probably going to be ready to go uh, first week of the season, but Degrom himself, like if you told me Degrom's only going to be able to pitch fifteen games, for instance, mm-hmm. that's such a big hit for the Mets across the board. Um, so that's that you know that's the big driver of this, and I agree with the the, the money on the under. But what's interesting also, Oakland, Oakland was at seventy one and a half at one point. Billy Bean, Oakland always overachieves; they find a way to win. Not so fast, my friend. They're selling they appear more interested in finding a good place to build a ballpark in Vegas than to field a team because they are just jettisoning their their team
0: do you agree that if they the spot there at tropicana like if they really do build a ballpark right there that would be like the coolest place to have a ballpark
1: Let me think about. No, the coolest place would be where they've got San Francisco built their ballpark. Right? I mean, in in Vegas. Bay.
0: Like, wouldn't that be a cool spot? Like, I mean, right there at the you know the the mouth of the Strip. I I feel like that just would be. Yes.
1: Yes. I think. I think. Like, if you, I'm a huge believer. I'm. I'm. All the city activist plans are going to hate me. It's like don't, 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 um, don't use my baseball stadium to try to save your city. All right. (laughs) All right, I'm going to put my baseball stadium where people can have a good, positive experience. Yes. So don't ask me to walk through the, the, the through the the rundown city and worry if my car breaks down about the health of my ch- my children. Put the stadium like Las Vegas used to have a stadium basically um, in our slum area of town, you know, by Jerry's Nugget and Cashman Field, and they moved it to uh, Summerlin. Cashman
2: Field's still there, but they just play soccer there now. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. I hope people get home <laughs> the alive. The
1: um And nothing against Jerry's Nugget. I go there all the time. So I am not a snob in terms of where I will go in and out in terms of casinos and the like. Good man. I'm not taking my son To Cashman Field, but I will certainly take him (laughs) to bright, shiny, beautiful Summerlin to watch baseball because that's what baseball should be. Baseball should not be like we have to leave early and we have to maybe leave with the crowd because we're afraid of what you know, you know, driving home and the like. And so, because of that, to answer your question, the perfect spot really is just south of, of, of Tropicana Avenue because it's not in the strip congestion. Uh, but it's but it's so strip adjacent, so close to the strip that people could maybe like like, look at the Raider ballpark. You can walk over from Mandalay Bay. yep. Um, it, in many ways, that is the perfect place to put the football stadium. And I think the same would be true to put a baseball stadium just south of where the football stadium is, maybe by you know um you know half a mile or so. Is that where the the site is? Or what they've been talking Blue about, Diamond?
0: what they've talked about is tearing down the Tropicana Casino or the Tropicana Hotel really and put like right across the street from the MGM right catty corner from New York New York
1: that would just be outstanding because think about you could even park as even mid strip you know and then you could take you know um you know there's there's the shuttle from Bellagio that you know they that that would go right there um and easy in and out in terms of the there there there's there's plenty of different options like i live in Henderson so i could find a way to get onto i15 or i could just scoot over to paradise and you could park, I mean, you could park anywhere on the east side of town. For people who don't know Vegas, there's all these little dumpy casinos like Tuscany and Ellis Island, locals' favorites. Sure. That you could just park it and walk the mile to the ballpark. And that was, I remember growing up in Cincinnati, we would park like in the middle of downtown and walk the you know down the hill the seven blocks to the Ohio River where Riverfront Stadium was. Yep. And that was cool, you
0: know. Or, or I mean, all those you know, the MGM Park, MGM New York, New York. They all have in Mandalay. All have these massive parking garages. I mean, park there. I yeah, guess. and if you've There's got just...
1: a, and if you've got the MGM credit card, you get Pearl Stas. You can park for free, or you could pay eighty dollars like a tourist sucker. It's up to you. <laughs> get the MG. That, that's it. And That's not eighty dollars a year. That's eighty dollars
0: $80 per round. What's yeah. the most
1: you spent for parking since you've been here?
0: I uh, twenty twenty bucks. Okay, so you've at uh, at UNLV. Because when I go to the strip, I, I'm a pearl member at MGM, so I just park. Got it. I park yes. for free. Don't like, you
1: feel like a VIP? I do. I mean, like when you walk in and you're just like, Damn.
0: it feels. It feels good. It feels good. But yeah, at UNLV, they don't care about any of your your statuses. They're just like, oh, it's twenty bucks.
1: Uh, don't, don't you feel like you you should just like wait outside the um, the, the, the the like with the people parking, walking in, and, and like hold up, like you could have like they probably have something. Because it's all automated. When I I don't even have to put my ticket thing, and I put in my pearl and it let's. And that's me out. it. Yeah, I don't think they let me use multiple cards, but like we could get Mackenzie's card, your card, my card, and just sell them to people. It's a good idea, you know. For like and then all you got forty do, bucks.
0: I, if, I'll say, hey, here's this card, fifty bucks, and then I could go inside and say, hey, I lost my uh, I lost my player's card. Can I get a new card? Yeah, print you out a new one.
1: Oh, they'll print you out ten. You know, you see, <laughs> believe me, when I, I, I ask, you know, my wife, Manage. my wife and my eleven year old want to gamble. Can I get three cards? Absolutely, sir. Yeah, you know, you're you're gonna play slots with those cards. Yes. Let's
0: get this started. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, like we said, lots of volatility in the in the MLB totals market. Uh, generally, we we talked about with the the AFC particularly, but just in the NFL in general, the unders seem to have a lot of value. You agree it's the same way with Major League Baseball?
1: Yeah, not as good as I had hoped, but I did run the numbers. I just put in Circa, Westgate, and MGM. Look at that. I actually. Look at you. Look at me. Um, The average number at Circa right now, and Circa's taking $5,000 on NFL uh, season wins. That's on the app. If you want more, go down to the casino. Ask Metcalf. Maybe they can accommodate you. So, 81.2 is the Circa average, the Westgate, 81.12. And MGM, 81.17. So I'll call it 81.2. It, it, it Basically, the average should be slightly below 81 because although baseball teams can't tie, certainly we could have a rainout in a condensed year that the season goes to like October 5th. So some teams could have a COVID outbreak the final week. It could happen. Although but then does... wouldn't
0: the bet be off if they don't play 162?
1: No. You you still have action. In fact, the circus says you only have to play 150. Most places say 160. Circus says
0: 150. Then that makes under seem way under more Better. Yeah.
1: Better. So because of that, with this bias – if you sh- if you shopped and played every team under, you'd, I think you'd eke out a small profit. Um, if you just blindly went to any of these shops and played under, you'd do okay. And if you played over, you would lose. So like like all things, um, maybe I've taken this to the extreme example. But um, I've got five season wins. I got a package up right now. They're five unders. Wow, no, no overs. I'm like I'm practicing what I preach. And now to be fair, do, do I do I not bet any overs? Like, I bet the Dodgers, but I bet the Dodgers over at the rogue number, 96.5. And I just said, well, every everyone is going to bet the Dodgers over. They've got the greatest, you know. It
0: looks like a pretty damn good it's team. It's a pretty
1: <laughs> damn good team. So I'm like, I'll bet over 96.5 and figure out what to do with it later, meaning I'll probably play under 100 at some point before the, the season starts, but it's going to start pretty soon. Um, I will say accolades to Westgate. Why is Westgate so sharp when it comes to this? And everyone else is a dum dum. Um, if you look at their season wins, they have them in alphabetical order by by team uh, city, but they've got half the teams um, seemingly no there's no rhyme no reason. Half the teams get listed, and then the other half of the teams gets listed. So it goes A through Z, and then A through Z again. And then I'm like, oh, they listed all the teams that play Thursday first, uh. and then they played all the teams that play Friday, so that the those teams will be very easy for their managers to pull off as the season starts.
0: That's smart. Very smart. Uh, all right. Before we wrap up, do you want to give a best bet? Maybe one of those win totals?
1: Um, You know, let me... I'm going to go ahead and... T- Oakland has tremendous volatility. They're anywhere from sixty-six and a half to sixty-eight and a half right now. Okay, I'll go Oakland under under sixty-eight and a half. I think this is a very sharp move on the under. I respect that Oakland always overachieves, but they're not going to this year because they're just they It's going to be a cost-cutting year across the board, and I think they're really going to have no, you know. Uh, tangible home field advantage.
0: So even with the the idea that it's already moved, it's, it's already come down from seventy. You still like the under,
1: and and a big reason I like it is every sharp book is dealing um, sixty six and a half right now, and all the square books are still dealing sixty eight, sixty eight and a half. Gotcha. So uh, it's still readily, it's still widely available. You know, so whenever I see a book that much of a difference, that's got to be a team I pay more attention to. Than say, by contrast, when. Like the Cleveland Guardians, are, they're 76 in almost every book. You can't find a 75.5. You can't find a 77. It's a lot harder to but find But this is one of the value. ones
0: that does have some some wiggle room. Right. Uh, it's funny. The, the AL West, uh, obviously Mike Trout being out hinders the Angels again. But now I think you've got to think of the Angels as always having Mike Trout out. But When's I, he going to be back? I don't know that he is. I don't know that he's going to play this year. So, but I, I've heard – and I I think the Astros are good, again, even losing Correa. I, I think getting back Verlander is big for them. But there's a lot of people saying the Astros are going to be worse than – like, I, I everybody I know has bet Astros under. I
1: bet the Astros under the, the um, 92.5. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But then I, one of the overs that I've heard a lot about is the Mariners. There's a lot of people very bullish on the Mariners this year. I, I heard a bunch of people talking about Mariners to win the division – uh, ESPN had some poll. They were Mariners to win the division. I so. think they're
1: going to stink. I think they would. What, what their bullpen give up zero runs all year last year.
0: Something like that. There's yeah. got to be some regression coming. You would think. You would think. But but that Didn't brings they the, win all
1: these close games. Last but that
0: year. brings the question: If you think the Mariners are going to stink, you think the uh, the Astros are going to underachieve? Like you can't bet all every team in that division under, can you?
1: You can. Okay. I pretty much did that in the NFL season win contest and the Westgate handed me sixty five hundred dollars when they went twenty three, seven and two, playing you would, you literally would, every team under.
0: You would know better than I. All right, that will do it for another Fez Focus. Uh thank you for the trip down you know, like I, I don't want to say memory lane because I again I never saw it, but I, I love the insight into the old Vegas. So I appreciate that. And oh the
1: Peppermill's still there. We would go and eat at the Peppermill coffee I've shop. I've
0: had there a couple I've been there a couple times for breakfast. It's a good good little spot.
1: It's got it's got a good vibe. Um,
0: the wait for the peppermill is not worth it's not worth it if you're just there for the food. I agree with The that. food's fine. It's fine. But, but like if I'm waiting forty five minutes for something, it, it better be like John George or something
1: like that. No, I, and you're really looking <laughs> at really good really good fruit and really good desserts. That's that's like the two best things they yeah, do. You know, yeah. And and breakfast is the Yeah, it's it's, some French toast. They do breakfast really well.
0: So I, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze if you're waiting there. I agree with that. But it is a, if you've never eaten there, it's a cool place to go have one. Stay Featured w-
2: in Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, George Wallace, apparently. George, Jerry Seinfeld used to—that's their old haunches, apparently. Well, there you go. Whatever you do, don't go to Bagel Mania, which is on
1: um, Convention Center Drive, I believe. Okay. It's like in, and people say it's really good. I went there. It is the slowest-moving deli line in the history of the world.
0: Well, you don't have to go there because you get free bagels at, Star, at Starbucks at Caesars.
1: Yeah, little tiny, <laughs> tiny, like, dwarf bagels. That's a, that's $6, a $7 bagel. $6.50. <laughs> and I, I, I thought it, and at the Rio it's four fifty, so I said, can I have my two bagels, my $10 food credit? And, and they're like, sir, it's going to go over $10 just so you'll have to pay the difference. That's okay, right? And I looked her in the eye and said, no. <laughs> No, that's not. What do you mean? It's going to go over? To, no, though? that's not. I said. I said, give me one bagel and anything I can have <laughs>
0: to keep me on <laughs> an americano, else. please. And they're like,
1: sir, we can give you half a scone. I said, I'll take it.
0: Nice. It fell on the floor. Ah, big deal. <laughs> Ten-second rule, Give let's go. Give me the day-old <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fezzik, great having you in as always. Appreciate it. McKenzie, thank you for the time. Thank you for the input. And thanks to all you guys who have listened. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. Keep telling your friends. And listen to the other pods on our on our feed here. There's a great pod right now about the Masters uh, that Will Doctor and James Ledbetter did. I think it's the best golf betting pod that you are going to find, period. Uh, I suggest you give it a listen. McKenzie does a great NBA pod., uh, we've got a new major league baseball pod starting up with with Taylor Ringold and Griffin Warner. So give them a listen. Uh, and then of course, the dream pod coming at you every Wednesday.
1: I want to disclose this because McKenzie just made these bets, all right, and they're for both of us. so i'm gonna I'm gonna give them out here. I'm okay. Not, now th- I'm not gonna say that these are all gonna match. Because we're playing rogue numbers and run around town with some of my best bets that I have up. But these
0: are on paper. So but there can... is
1: at least one match. These exist. Yes. Astros, under 92 and a half. Giants, there is no more San Francisco Magic this year. I know they won 198 okay. games last year. All right, 107. Under 86 and a half. Boy, is that a high number. Boy, is Is it boy! That is a lot, considering the Dodgers are going to win 99. Some people think they're going to win 111. I've heard, and and the Padres are lined at 88 and a half. Colorado always wins at home, and the Mariners. I did, we did play under 84 and a half. Okay, I will go on record right now. These will go two and one. Two and
0: one. That's all it takes. That that would be a winner, sir. That would be a winner. All right, thanks, guys. We will talk to you later.